Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season three of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, September 25th, the year of our Lord, 2022. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the Word of God. Ladies, let's pray. Our God and our Father, we bow our heads and humble ourselves before your throne of mercy and of grace. As we begin our Bible study, we ask you to join us in the study of your word. Anoint my lips of clay so that your word goes forth in spirit and in truth. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross so that you only are seen and heard in this Bible study. We bind the powers of the spirit of darkness so that not one evil deed is met against this ministry or these your people. Bless each person within the sound of my voice and be glorified. In Jesus' name, I ask all of these things and give you thanks even now in advance for answered prayer. Count it as done by faith and in accordance with your word. Amen. Ladies, today we continue our Bible study on the book of Ezekiel. This is a book that many women may not want to read, first, because it is a difficult book to read, and second, because many women identify Ezekiel as a misogynist, meaning someone who despises or is strongly prejudiced against women. They have arrived at this conclusion based on the sexually explicit imagery in several chapters of the book of Ezekiel, particularly in chapters 16 and 23, where some of the imagery is violent and abusive against women. It's going to take us quite a bit of time to work our way through the entire book of Ezekiel, and we will do chapters 16 and 23 together because of the nature of the text. But I hope you will hang in there with me as we work our way through this interesting text, because there is more to Ezekiel's sexually violent imagery than that which first meets the eye. I fully recognize that this text and its long history of interpretation has done some serious and irrevocable harm to women. But we must still question what drove Ezekiel to write such sexually violent imagery and what were the historical, sociological, and cultural forces in play at the time of Ezekiel's writing that makes these images symbolically and rhetorically powerful today? When we come back, we're going to continue our study on the book of Ezekiel, examining texts from Ezekiel chapter 12 titled, The Oracle of Judgment Against Prince Zedekiah and his allies. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Today, we continue our Bible study on the book of Ezekiel, examining texts from Ezekiel chapter 12 titled, The Oracle of Judgment Against Prince Zedekiah and 
his allies. I'm not going to read all of the verses of the chapter because they are rather long, but I will refer to them as we work our way through the text for your future reference. And I will either read from the King James Version or the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Ladies, Ezekiel chapter 12 foreshadows the siege of Jerusalem and proclaims that Ezekiel's vision of destruction will soon be fulfilled. In verses 1 through 16, we read a three-part oracle of judgment in the form of symbolic acts found in verses 1 through 20. And the disputation of Proverbs denying the relevance of prophetic vision in verses 22 through 28. The symbolic acts graphically portray the chaos of the surge of Jerusalem while the prophet Ezekiel, having prepared his pack, we might say suitcase, digs through a wall and seeks to escape, which signifies the cowardly attempt of Zedekiah to escape his besieged city. You might recall that Zedekiah became ruler of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar's decree. While Judah's true king, Jehoiakim, was exiled in Babylon or Babylonia. Uh, further, since Zedekiah is believed to have caused the siege by his rebellion in the year 592 BCE, his attempt to escape the besieged city is all the more shocking. Ezekiel chapter 12 begins with a reminder to Ezekiel that he is living in the midst of a rebellious house. The phrase rebellious house dominated Ezekiel's call and first symbolic act in Ezekiel chapters two through five, which is interpreted as the result of Israel's stubbornness and habitual rebelliousness. The exiles are collaborating with Zedekiah's rebellion in Jerusalem with the hope that as long as Jerusalem stands, they will return. As the house of rebellion, see verses two and three, the, the exiles need to see, note that this is sensory perception. The exiles need to see that Zedekiah's rebellion and their hope of a return to Jerusalem is futile. In the motive of seeing in verses 1 through 20 and in the exile's reactions to Zedekiah's visions in verses 21 through 28, Ezekiel chapter 12 suggests that the exile's blindness is never cured. So let's unpack Ezekiel chapter 12. Verses 1 through 16 contains a three-part oracle of judgment in the form of symbolic acts. The oracle can be identified as an independent unit by the presence of the word event formula in verses 1 and 17, which says, the word of the Lord came to me. Remember that in Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 25, Ezekiel reported the details of his vision of Jerusalem to all the exiles. Now in Ezekiel chapter 12, verses one through two, God informs Ezekiel that the exiles did not understand what they heard. God said to Ezekiel, mortal, you are living in the midst of a rebellious house who have eyes to see, but do not see, who have ears to hear, but do not hear. Again, this is sensory failure for they are a rebellious house. Therefore, mortal, prepare yourself in exile's baggage, we might say suitcase, and go into exile by day 
in their sight. You shall go like an exile from your place to another place in their sight. Perhaps they will understand though they are a rebellious house. With this symbolic act, Ezekiel becomes their moppet or sign, which is a supernatural omen that discloses the presence and activity of God in history. Ezekiel's vision and the sign provided the exiles with direct sensory experience. And God's instructions to Ezekiel to perform the act, he repeats six times in our text that Ezekiel must perform these acts in the sight of the exiles. And when Ezekiel reports to God that he has done as he commanded him, Ezekiel reiterates that he did these things, quote, in their sight, end quote. So the goal of the symbolic act is to create an experience for the exiles that will bring understanding and insight. In verses three through seven, we read about Ezekiel putting into effect his plan of escape. Now, unlike the symbolic acts of Ezekiel chapter three, verse 22 through chapter five, verse four, Ezekiel performs this symbolic act according to God's instructions in the sight of the exiles. Ezekiel packs his exiles pack or we might say a suitcase that contains very few belongings and he carries it out of his house by day in the sight of the exiles. After Ezekiel carries his pack out of his house, he must then dig a hole through a wall. Now, in Mesopotamia, this would have been possible because the houses were made of mud brick, which was a soft building material. However, whether Ezekiel is to make a hole from the inside or from the outside is not clear. But if he is to make the hole from the inside, then the act symbolizes an attempt to escape. However, since Ezekiel is to do this in the sight of the exiles, and since he is already outside, when he begins this action, it is more likely that he is to dig through the wall from the outside. This part of the symbolic acts therefore depicts the Babylonian siege, which is successfully completed when the city walls are breached. See 2 Kings chapter 25, verses 3 and 4. After Ezekiel digs the hole, he assumes the role of an escapee because verse six says that Ezekiel lifted the pack onto his shoulders and carried it out in the dark with his face covered so that he could not see the land. Here we see Ezekiel playing the role of both deportee and invader, similar to the symbolic acts in chapters four and five, where he betrayed first God and then the Jerusalemites. In verses eight through 16, we read the interpretation of the symbolic act. The exiles had asked Ezekiel the question, what are you doing? The symbolic act seemed to depict the deportation of the general populace, but verses 8 through 14 stresses that the act concerned Zedekiah. Verse 10 says, say to them, 
Thus says the Lord God, this oracle concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel in it. God uses word play to show Ezekiel that the exile's pack or suitcase is a symbol of Zedekiah. The word oracle and prince are both derived from the root to lift up. So a prince is lifted up to his position of power. But Ezekiel says that the prince has become a burden. Also refer to Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 33. Remember that in Ezekiel chapter 7 and in chapter 11, verses 14 through 21, the leaders of Jerusalem are condemned in the oracle and charged with taking advantage of the crisis to improve their economic and political standing. Here in chapter 12, the focus narrows to Zedekiah, who is the leader most responsible for the fate of Jerusalem. You see, this unit follows the visions of chapters 8 through 11, which was a time when Zedekiah and the neighboring kingdoms of Moab, Ammon, Tyre, and Edom had plotted rebellion against Babylon. You can um, further read about that in Jeremiah chapters 27 through 28. So Ezekiel's symbolic act discloses the unsavory side of Zedekiah. And rather than face the consequences of his rebellion, Zedekiah abandons the city under cover of night in a futile attempt to save his own skin. In Ezekiel chapter 12, verses 6 through 12, there is a declaration that Zedekiah, quote, will not see the land, end quote. Ezekiel symbolizes this by covering his face. Another dimension of the symbolic act are motives associated with the rebellion of a vassal against his overlord. Notice that Zedekiah is called the prince, not a king. And this title reminds us as readers of the text of Ezekiel's obligation to Nebuchadnezzar, who appointed him at, to his position. In addition, the act of attempting to escape is a well-known motive associated or motif associated with rebellion and clearly illustrated in Assyrian records, which frequently depict rebellious vassals as escaping their cities to avoid punishment for violating their treaties with Assyria. When a king abandons his city, he leaves it vulnerable to attack, and inevitably, he, his escape fails. We see this striking parallel in Ezekiel chapter 12, where even if Zedekiah escapes the Babylonians who are encircling the city, he cannot dodge or evade God. In verse 11, God instructs Ezekiel to say to the exiles, I am a sign for you. As I have done, so shall it be done to them. They shall go into exile, into captivity. As a sign for the exiles, Ezekiel discloses their fate and hints at the helplessness of the Jerusalemites because although their attempts to escape may seem like autonomous acts, they are nevertheless under God's control. Verses 15 and 16 says, And they shall know that I am the Lord. 
when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them through the countries. But I will let a few of them escape with from the sword, from the famine and pestilence, so that they may tell of their abominations among the nations where they go. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Notice that these verses begin and end with the recognition formula. They shall know that I am the Lord. The subject of this recognition are not the exiles, but rather those who have attempted a rebellion, meaning those who aided Zedekiah, including foreign allies. They will recognize the sovereignty of God when they are scattered among the nations. The oracle ends with the declaration that God will spare some of them so that they can, quote, tell all their abominations, end quote, while they were in exile. As such, rebellion is recast as a confession of sin. Verses 17 through 20 detail the consequences of Zedekiah's rebellion. It says, the word of the Lord came to me, mortal Eat your bread with quaking and drink your water with trembling and with fearfulness and say to the people of the land, thus says the Lord God concerning the inhabitants of Jerusalem in the land of Israel. They shall eat their bread with fearfulness and drink their water in dismay because their land shall be stripped of all it contains on account of the violence of all those who live in it. The inhabited cities shall be laid waste and the land shall become a desolation. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So Zedekiah's rebellion brings on a siege accompanied by uh, the miseries of famine and plague. See also 2 Kings chapter 24 verses 20b through uh, chapter 25 verse 3 for more information on that. Also, Ezekiel will eat and drink in fear and trembling. In verse 19, we read that the oracle is addressed to the, quote, people of the land, end quote, and phrase a phrase used for landowners or members of the ruling class. So whether his oracle is addressed to the people of the land who are now in exile is unclear, but these addressees are clearly differentiated from the subjects of the oracle who are identified as the, quote, inhabitants of Jerusalem in the land of Israel, end quote. This symbolic act serves as assurance to the exiled people of the land that the actions of the Jerusalemites with regard to the land will not go unpunished. See Ezekiel chapter 7 verse 23 and Ezekiel chapter 11 verses 3 and 15. After the land has been stripped of all of his resources and famine comes, the Jerusalemites' claims to possession of the land is meaningless. There's nothing left. See Ezekiel chapter 7, verses 11 through 13, and Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 15. Verses 21 through 28 of our text contains two disputations regarding the certainty of God's word concerning the land of Israel. Last week when we studied Ezekiel chapter 11, we learned that God challenged the Jerusalemites' claim to ownership of the land and asserted that the exiles, not the Jerusalemites, but the exiles would constitute the restored remnant. 
the disputation of Ezekiel in chapter 12, verses 21 through 28, is a continuation of that debate and reflects the skepticism of the exiles to God's promise. In each disputation, God quotes a proverbial saying of the exiles. The speaker of these proverbs are Ezekiel's fellow comrades in exile. And Ezekiel is included amongst the speakers of the proverb in verse 22, which says, Mortal, what is the proverb of yours? That's plural about the land of Israel that says the days are prolonged and every vision comes to nothing. And in verse 26, which says the word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel speaking. Note that in chapter 11, which we studied last week, a distinction was made between the exiles and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So here in chapter 12, even though the exiles are not the target of the divine judgment, they do continue to warrant the title house of rebelliousness and must therefore evaluate themselves in light of the messages of judgment against Jerusalem and its leaders. The disputation addresses the question of whether Ezekiel's vision had further relevance as some of the events that Ezekiel had spoken to lay and spoken of lay in the past. Jerusalem has been destroyed and Zedekiah and his allies have been punished for their rebellion. However, the fulfillment of God's promise to restore the exiles to the land remains uncertain. Within the context of the second generation, the proverbial saying reflects skepticism about whether the vision continue to hold any meaning for the exiles. The disputation of Ezekiel and chapter 12 began or began with a word that Ezekiel had received a new word from God. He asked about a proverb spreading among the exiles concerning the land of Israel, which was the days are long and every vision comes to nothing. God asked why this proverb was being uttered. Well, we might suggest that the proverb in its present literary context is a reaction to the oracle of chapter 7, verse 13, which had been explicitly labeled a vision and also to the promise of restoration in Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 14 through 21. The proverb expresses doubt that the vision will be fulfilled. God refutes the proverb and in verse 23 declares that its use in Israel will come to an end. They're going to stop saying that. God reacts the proverb, or excuse me, recasts the proverb to assert the nearness of the vision's fulfillment. So instead of the days growing long, they are drawing near. The vision will not come to nothing, but will instead produce an event or be fulfilled. As such, the meaning of the proverb is reversed. And instead of the days are prolonged and every vision comes to nothing, verse 22, the days draw near and the fulfillment of every vision, verse 23. This dispensation further supports the new proverb with two complementary casual clauses. First, there will no longer be any worthless vision. And two, the words that God speak will come to pass. The second declaration is grounded in the identity of God found in verse 25, which says, but I, the Lord will speak the word that I speak 
and it will be fulfilled. I will no longer, it will no longer be delayed, but in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and fulfill it, says the Lord God. The final declaration that the vision is coming towards its fulfillment and that it will be fulfilled, quote, in your days, end quote, underscores the reliability of the divine word. For readers in the second generation of the exile, the assertion of the immediacy of fulfillment has continuing relevance. The message of Ezekiel has not come to nothing, nor is it for distant times. Rather, Ezekiel's readers can expect the fulfillment of God's word in their generation. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tidely app at Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Second, at Givelify, that's G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y dot com. You may donate to Broken Vessels hyphen Mended and Whole, or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at P.O. Box 34637, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Please join me next week as we continue our Bible study of the book of Ezekiel right here on Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. And don't forget to check in with me on Facebook Live at Evangelist Janice, that's J-A-N-I-S, Nelson, today at 12 noon Pacific Daylight Time. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you. Amen. Come from. Come come Where did you go? Where did you go?